Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a pattern of Solomon's Prayer as we pick up in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 36. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. In this being carried away captive and turning towards Jerusalem and praying, who does this remind you of? Daniel. You remember when he was in captivity in Babylon that he prayed three times daily. He'd open the windows towards Jerusalem and pray. And even the prayer of Daniel was what? The confession of sin. And it's following really the pattern that he he was praying according to the pattern that Solomon had given here. And so Daniel followed the pattern in his prayer. Now, my God, I beseech thee, let thine eyes be open, thy ears be attent to the prayer that is made in this place. Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, unto thy resting place, thou in the ark of thy strength, and let the priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let thy saints rejoice with goodness. What a beautiful sight. The priest clothed with salvation, and the saints of God rejoicing in the goodness of God. O Lord God, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Remember the mercies of David, thy servant. And when Solomon had made an end of praying, The fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. It's a reminder of the dedication of the tabernacle in the wilderness where the fire of God came down and kindled the coals upon the altar and consumed the sacrifices and the glory of God filled the tabernacle in the wilderness. And now the same thing happens as God's glory fills the temple and the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And all of the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house. And they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement. And they worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. And then the people for seven days offered sacrifices unto the Lord. They sacrificed 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So all of the people in the kingdom dedicated the house. What a barbecue they had. And the priests waited on their offices, and the Levites also with the instruments of music to the Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord, because his mercy endures forever. When David praised by their ministry, and the priests sounded the trumpets before them, and all of Israel stood. And moreover, Solomon hallowed the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord, for there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of peace offerings because of the brass offer altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings and the meal offerings and the fat. And so they just made a place out to do it in the, in the yard there. Also, the same time Solomon kept the feast for seven days in all the congregation. And the eighth day they made a solemn assembly, for they kept the dedication of the altar for seven days and the feast seven days. And on the 
23rd day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, glad and merry in heart for the goodness that the Lord had showed unto David and to Solomon and to Israel his people. So uh, that should be the way people leave the fellowship, glad and merry in heart for the goodness of God. And Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came to Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and to his own house he prosperously affected. Now the Lord appeared after the whole celebration and the thing had died down. The Lord then appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer. And I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. And if I shut up heaven that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send a pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This promise of God is an answer to Solomon's prayer. As Solomon foresaw the calamities that might befall the nation in their sinning against God, and if they turn and repent and pray, then hear thou from thy dwelling place in heaven. God is now answering the prayer of Solomon saying, if these things come and if my people who are called by my name will just humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I believe that this scripture today is perhaps one of the most important scriptures to be brought before the people of our nation, a people who have been called by his name. The United States has been considered as a Christian nation. I didn't say it was a Christian nation. I said it's been considered as a Christian nation. But how far we have moved from true Christianity. How far we have moved from God in our national life in our local life. And we see the plagues that Solomon could foresee, the judgments of God. It is time for God's people to humble themselves and pray and to seek his face and to turn from their wicked ways because God will hear, God will forgive, and God will heal the land. That's his promise. Now my eyes will be open, my ears will be attentive unto the prayers that are made in this place, for I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And as for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked and do according to all that I commanded you and shall observe my statutes and my judgments, then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom according as I have I have covenanted with thy, David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel. But if you turn away 
and forsake my statutes, my commandments, which I have set before you, and you shall go and serve other gods and worship them. Then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land, which I have given them, and this house which I have sanctified for my name will I cast out of my sight, and I will make it to be a proverb and a byword among the nations. And this house which is high shall be an astonishment to everyone that passes by it. So he shall say, Why has the Lord done this to the land and this house? And it shall be answered because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers which brought them out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore hath he brought all this evil upon them. Now, God's warning to Solomon. The warning is, hey, it's first of all a promise. Solomon, if you'll just walk in my ways and I'll, I'll keep the covenant of David and, and I'll prosper you on the throne. But if you forsake me, Solomon, then... I'm going to forsake you. You're going to be cut off. And these calamities are going to come. This beautiful house that you've built is going to be ruined. And people are going to say, how in the world did God allow such desolation to come? And people say, because they forsook God. Now, many times when God warns us of something, possible danger, we say, oh, God, that's all right. <laughs> you know, I'll never be troubled there, Lord. You know, why don't you save your breath, God? That's the situation. I would never forsake you, Lord. Now, the Lord is warning Solomon about forsaking him. I have learned to heed every warning God gives because I have found that I have never fallen but what I wasn't warned of God beforehand. And many times when the warning came, I felt that they were totally unnecessary. I thought that's an area where I could never trip or be tripped up. But in the scriptures, it is interesting that God seemed to warn people of the very thing that later became their stumbling block, of the very thing that later on happened. And here is Solomon now still fresh with this glorious experience of the power of God demonstrated, the fire of God kindling the altar and the sacrifice, the glory of God filling the house, the cloud of God, and all of this glorious experience. And God is saying, now, Solomon, don't forsake me. And I'm sure Solomon in his heart was thinking, oh, God, I could never forsake you. I could never worship other gods. There is no God like unto thee who keeps covenant and who shows mercy. Lord, I could never forsake you. But what happened to Solomon? He forsook the Lord and began to worship and serve other gods. Tragic. The very thing that God warned him about was the very thing that he did. And that is so often true. Thus, we need to take heed to every warning that God gives us. Now, it came to pass at the end of 20 years that Solomon had built both the house of the Lord and his own palace. He spent seven years building the house of the Lord and 13 years building his own palace that the cities which Hiram had restored to Solomon, he then built them up. 
and caused the children of Israel to dwell there. And it gives you the names of some of the cities where he had his storehouses and he had built fortresses and some of the cities that he had fortified and all. And then in verse 11, Solomon brought up the daughter of Pharaoh out of the city of David to the house that he had built for her. For he said, My wife shall not dwell in the house of David, the king of Israel, because the palaces are holy, whereunto the ark of the Lord hath come. So <laughs> he realized that she wasn't so pure or holy, and so he built another place for her so that she wouldn't dwell in Now, he ought to know that that's not the kind of a wife he should have if he has to build a separate place for her because she is not you know, worthy to dwell in the places that were holy. Then Solomon offered burnt offerings unto the Lord on the altar of the Lord, which he had built before the porch. Even after a certain rate every day, according to the commandment of Moses on the Sabbath days, the new moons, the solemn feasts, three times in the year, and even the feast of the unleavened bread, the feast of weeks, and the feast of tabernacles. And he appointed, according to the order of David his father, the courses for the priests and all. And they departed not from the commandment of the king, under the priests, the Levites, concerning any matter concerning the treasures. And the work of Solomon was prepared unto the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord until it was finished. So the house of the Lord was completed. And then Solomon went to Azion Giver and to Eloth and by the seaside of Edom. And he sent out ships to Ophir to gather gold. And when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with difficult questions at Jerusalem and with a very great company, camels that bear spices, gold in abundance, precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all of her questions. There was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his servants and their apparel and his cupbearers and their apparel and his ascent by which he went into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. She was wiped out. This is more than she had ever heard. She said, man, they told me, and I couldn't believe what they told me, but they didn't tell me half the truth. You know, the, the, the glory of this whole thing. Now, she observed the meat of his table. If you go back to 1 Kings chapter 4, it tells you the meat of Solomon's table. His daily provision one day was 30 measures of fine flour, about 300 bushels of fine flour for the pancakes every day. <laughs> Three score measures of meal, or 600 bushels. 10 fat oxen every day. 20 oxen commercial grade out of the pastures. A hundred sheep beside the hearts and the roebucks and the fallow deer and the fatted fowl. Those were the daily provisions. Man, think of that, a hundred sheep every day, 30 oxen. So when the queen of Sheba saw all this, and the way his servants were attired, and the way the cupbearers, and, and the way he would go up to the temple of God and the whole thing, it is just too much. She said, it's a true report that I heard in my own land of your acts and of your wisdom. However, I didn't believe their words until I came. And now my eyes have seen it, and behold, 
One half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me, for you exceed even the fame that I heard. Happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on his throne to be king for the Lord thy God, because he loved Israel to establish them forever. Therefore he made thee to be king over them and to do judgment and justice. Now, first of all, she blessed his servants. Happy are they that serve you. Happy are they that can stand here daily and hear your wisdom. For He talked of all kinds of things, flowers, shrubs, animals, and, and uh, he wrote books on these subjects. And so happy are these men that can just stand here daily and listen to thy wisdom. And blessed be the Lord thy God, who has delighted in thee and put you on the throne. So she gave him 120 talents of gold, spices, great abundance, precious stones. And the servants also of Huram and the king and the servants of Solomon, which brought the gold from Ophir, brought the algum trees and precious stones. And she returned back to her land with all of her desire, whatsoever she asked, Solomon gave to her. Now Solomon's annual revenue in gold was 666 talents of gold, an interesting number. Beside that which the chapmen and merchants brought, and all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the country brought gold and silver to Solomon. Solomon made 200 targets of beaten gold, 600 shekels each, 300 shields of gold, that were 300 shekels each. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. And he made a great throne of ivory, and he overlaid it with gold. And there were six steps up to the throne with a footstool of gold, which were fastened to the throne, stays on either side of the sitting place, and two lions standing by the stays. Twelve lions stood there on the one side and on the other six each. And there was not like made anything to this in all of the kingdoms. And the drinking vessels of Solomon were all of gold, and the vessels of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. None were of silver, because that was accounted sort of, you know, Lagosh in those days. And the king's ships went to Tarshish with the servants of Huram. Every three years once came the ships of Tarshish bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. And King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. And the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom that God had put in his heart. And they brought every man his present, vessels of silver, vessels of gold, raiment, and harness and spices, horses, mules, at a rate year by year. And Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots and 12,000 horsemen. And he bestowed in the chariots that he bestowed in the chariot cities with the king of Jerusalem. And he reigned over all the kings from the river even to the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. And the king made silver in Jerusalem as common as stones and cedar trees as common as the sycamores that are in the low plains. And they brought to Solomon horses out of Egypt and out of all of the lands. Now the rest of the acts of Solomon, first and last, are they not written in the book of Nathan the prophet and the prophecy of Ahijah the Shalonite? and in the visions of Edo, the seer against Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And Solomon reigned in Jerusalem 
over all of Israel for 40 years, and he slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam his son reigned in his stead. So we find now the reign of Solomon, nine chapters devoted to it, and uh, for the remainder of Second Chronicles, they will give shorter accounts because here the kingdom came to its zenith, but it is amazing how quickly you can go from the top to the bottom, how quickly this deteriorated. All of the gold that he had amassed, vastness of his treasures, these shields and targets of pure gold, all of these cups, gold, and, and all of these things soon were to be taken, soon were to be sacked, by Shishak, the king of Egypt. And so the glory of the kingdom faded so very rapidly. They went from the very apex of their glory down so rapidly at his death, just immediately the glory of the kingdom faded. It didn't even pass on to his son. It didn't really continue past Solomon's death. The kingdom immediately began to deteriorate. And before his son was really established in the throne, the kingdom became divided, weakened. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Second Chronicles on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 2 Chronicles 6-9 through when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord bless you and be with you and keep you in his love through the grace of Jesus Christ as we look forward to that glorious day of the Lord that we might be with him in his eternal kingdom, the world without end. God bless you. And may the strength of the Lord be your portion this week in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Pastor Greg Laurie. Rarely does a man come along that literally changes a generation, but such a man came, and that man is here tonight. 
and his name is Chuck Smith. Yeah? Join Pastor Greg in an exclusive interview with Pastor Chuck. Listen to rarely heard stories and memories in Chuck's own words about the events that influenced him and how he, in turn, influenced so many. We have only one life and it'll soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. To order a copy of the special DVD with Greg Laurie and Chuck Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673. Again, the number to call is 800-272-WORD.